Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. I'm your host, Lisa Koski, an attorney who became a mediator. I work to guide couples through their divorce with as much ease as we possibly can. I know that this can be a very scary time for people. And the purpose of this podcast is to take the fear out of divorce and to teach people that there is a better way to do it. And if you have kids, you know that the best thing you can do for them is to be a united front. We're so happy that you're here. Hi, I just wanted to get in here and tell you about my parenting plan course. It can help you no matter where you live, and what stage of the divorce you're in or how you're going through the divorce, or maybe even if you're already divorced or were never married, this parenting plan is here to help you parent together, even if you're not together, because we all know that that is what is best for our children. We can actually mitigate the damages that having separate parents causes children by working together. So start now, go to lisakoski.com, check out my online course. It's going to save you time and money, whether you're working with a mediator, attorneys, or collaborative law attorneys, you together can have this piece of your paperwork completed on your own through my online course. Check it out now. Listeners, this is a great episode and it's all about divorce and affairs. We have marriage and family therapist Brian Burns back with us and he was so kind as to create a list of all the most common questions that he gets from clients about affairs and marriage. And we have it actually in two episodes. So today is the first episode. And then because we couldn't fit it all in and answer all the questions about it, we're going to have another episode next week with one last follow-up question about divorce and affairs. You're really, really going to love this one. Stay tuned. Welcome listeners. We are so thankful to have our favorite marriage expert with us today. Um, Brian, you have been so helpful. And in fact, you are um, my guest who's been on the most. So this is your third time. Uh And um, listeners, I just want you to know that I so appreciate Brian because he's actually helped me. Today's episode is going to talk all about infidelity and affairs. Not a fun subject, but a popular one that people have a lot of questions about. And Brian was kind enough to help me. Um, We've got a list of questions, of common questions that people have about 
infidelity and affairs. And so we're going to talk all about that today and hopefully cover most of um, the information. But I mean, there's probably a lot more. So you can go to Brian if you need sure. help with this too, you know. Sure. I'll try not to be too wordy. Don't worry about it. Um, I mean, should we just start out with what constitutes infidelity? I mean, and sure. An affair. Sure. I mean, I get um, lots of questions about, about um, you know, what what is an affair? What, what's the difference between a, a sexual affair and an emotional affair? Like what constitutes cheating? Um, and in fact, kind of a funny anecdote, last week I was meeting with a couple and um, the wife was just so adamant that she would never, ever be unfaithful to her husband, that that was so morally detestable. And it is. Um, but then she proceeded to talk about a relationship with a girlfriend that felt almost like cheating to me, like the level of uh, con uh, connection and the information she shared with her girlfriend about her husband and her unhappiness in her marriage. So so what constitutes an affair um, really is uh, behaviors or actions that a reasonable spouse would find uncomfortable, would be uncomfortable with. So there's okay. a transgression. There's a transgression of some kind that a reasonable spouse, if they witnessed it, would feel uncomfortable about. So that could be. You're sounding like an attorney. <laughs> Sounds like legal. Well, yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> at, and so that could be a look. It could be a touch. It could be a flirty, you know, message. Um, and it also requires uh, deceit. There's uh, lying, hiding, deception. Mm -hmm. um, so those two components are the main. Okay. Uh, and that's infidelity. Right. Okay. Now let's go into what about what, how is an affair different than that? Oh, uh, um, well, and it's an affair is a form of infidelity. Like we can be unfaithful to our spouse in many ways. So, so an affair. Go, oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. Yeah, I'm, so affairs have a sexual nature. Um, I don't make a big distinction between emotional affairs and sexual affairs because I think all affairs are sexual in nature. Um, you know, anticipation, um, a touch can be just as erotic and sexual as intercourse can be. So I don't think that there's, there's a big distinction. Uh, emotional affairs are at their core sexual. Um, so do you find that both are just as difficult to heal from? Oh, sure, sure, absolutely. Um, it's, it's, and, and it's really that the behaviors and actions are one thing, but the, th the behavior that's hardest to get past is the lying, is the deceit. Mm -hmm. um, that's what's so destructive. Um, it's not the behavior. Um, everyone... I mean, everyone likes to feel good. It's no, it's not hard to understand why affairs happen. Um, what's so destructive to the relationship? Again, it, it's the it's the lying and the the erosion of trust. So I'm I'm jumping ahead to a different sure. question, but can marriages heal from an affair? <laughs> and so, yeah, thank um, goodness, yes. Um, 
in fact, uh, tra transformation usually starts with crisis. Um, it's right. sometimes impossible get to get to change unless there's some sort of problem or crisis. And so an affair is uh, sends a marriage into crisis. Of course, it's traumatic, and it leads can lead. Uh, I love it when it leads to a real transformative um, process and, mm -hmm. and of change for that couple. That no is a of course, but it's right. And you know, I'm sure it's dependent on each individual situation. Yeah, there's really important factors that need to go into, and I can talk about that now. Like what 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 each person needs to do if healing is what they want. I mean, it is a choice. Some people will say that's just a hard line. I can never, you know, forgive that, and and I respect that. I think that's fine. Um, it's a uh, it's uh, an affair is, um, you know, it's a, it's a breach of trust that is uh, undeniable. But uh, there's many ways that we uh, are not faithful to our spouse. I mean, mm -hmm. we make promises, both spoken and unspoken, to be lovers and confidants and to be fun and loyal, but then we're not <laughs> in so many ways. And so, to cheat is a is a betrayal that's that's um, traumatic and horrible, but it's not the only form of betrayal. So I try to help people see, you know, look at themselves. That uh, nobody deserves to be cheated on, um, uh, and it's never the uh, the hurt partner's fault that the affair happened. But more often than not, uh, there's aspects of the relationship that were not healthy. Um, and so if a person is willing and able to um, let the, the crisis traumatic acute phase uh, after the disclosure of the affair or finding out um, work its way through so that you can actually start to think again and see a future and look into the past with, um, with a curious and, and mind and a desire to learn, that there's a tremendous amount to learn about yourself, about your spouse, asking questions like, why did this happen? What made you decide to do it? What, what did you get out of it? Uh, what did you think was not working for us? Why, why couldn't you tell me that then? You, you know, these are such important questions that are different than you know, why are you such a mother effer? Um, <laughs> right. That's an understandable question, but it's a very black and white uh, frame of perpetrator victim. Um, yeah. And that's one way to look at it, but that's not a healing way to look at it. Um, so again, everyone has a right to be angry and traumatized, and it's never the, the hurt partner's fault. But if they're willing to move past that, that phase and explore, then that's where real healing um, will happen. Of course, the uh, offending partner um, needs to be, you know, step up and take full accountability in order for that to happen. I mean, there can't be any um, blaming of the hurt partner for the affair. Um, you can blame the relationship for sure, but that the offending partner needs to take full accountability, all of it, uh, None of this drip, drip, drip disclosure right. where it takes forever to finally get the full details. 
um, and learn, you know, what made them act in such an entitled and uh, non-compassionate and hurtful way. Right. Okay. So what I'm hearing is that I kind of am hearing three things that you need. And one is just kind of encompasses all that they'll both work. They're both willing to work because yeah. sometimes I'm sure that's not the case. And then you've just got to help someone heal through it. Sure. Um, so then the person um, who had the affair needs to take full accountability. Mm -hmm. And then the person who was wronged or however you want to say it needs to um, kind of be open to allowing it to heal and maybe open to forgiveness. Oh yeah. It's a choice yeah. of trust. Yeah. It's an, another way to frame this is um, an affair rocks your, an affair disclosure rocks your world. I mean, the reality that you knew is no long, no longer exists. It's, it's horribly traumatic. Right. right. And so uh, you can't trust. I mean, it's sort of, you, you get to look face to face with reality that you thought you could trust. And then you found out you actually can't. And that is a more, I mean, it's painful, but it's also a, an opportunity to grow up and grow into a a kind of more adult, realistic way of looking at your relationship, that we are both humans. And I may have been relying on my my husband or my wife to make me feel good and bring love and 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 passion and excitement and creativity. And instead he went somewhere else to look for that. You know, what what why did that happen? And what does that mean about me and him? So then you can choose to trust and choose to forgive if there's reason, good enough reasons to do that. You know, not everyone will and not everyone should, but there right. are reasons to. Okay. So now let me ask, say we've got someone here listening who's um, needing to build the trust again. I mean, yeah. they're the, actually the person who had the affair. Yeah. And the mm -hmm. other party is wanting to work on it. How does that person... Um, who had the affair build trust with their partner yeah. again after this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, there's, that's a really good question. Um, again, full accountability, answer all the questions. Um, and if, and I can say more about the right and wrong questions, but answer all the questions. Don't be evasive. Um, uh, what else? Uh, can you tell me um, a little bit more? You said answer all the right questions. Yeah. Um, I mean, in that acute, painful phase, often uh, spouses will just want to know everything and all the details. And some people, it does help to, to get all the details. It actually calms them down. But, it, but in most cases, you know, if you're, if you're obsessing about it, which of course you would be, um, asking more questions is just going to make you obsess more and give you more information to obsess about. So right. when I'm work when I'm working with these folks, I do, I mean, I honor a person's right to ask questions, and I think they have that right and should get answers. Um, but I caution them about why they're asking and what they really want to know. So you know, if you want to know, you know, where you slept together and how many times and uh, how awesome it was 
then that's your right to ask, but that's going to be painful information that then you live with right. for the rest of your life. Instead of ask, instead asking questions, the, the a right question would be, how in the hell can I trust you again, ever? Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, what can we do? Uh, what are you willing to do to uh, help me build that trust? And so back to that question, um, uh, some people might call this surveillance behavior. I call it reassuring behavior that you, uh, the the affair partner um, or the uh, involved affair partner um, gives information to reassure the offend, uh, the hurt partner. So uh, phone tracking, uh, taking little snaps or pictures so you can verify where you are, uh, looking at email accounts. I mean, if that were a permanent thing, that might be problematic, but definitely in the first six months or a year after uh, an affair to rebuild trust, that's, I think, very reasonable, reassuring, helpful. Um, But showing up, I'm going to answer another question here is like, how long long does it take? I was just going to ask that. Thank you. A long time. Like, I would say two to five years is is uh, not unreasonable and it's and it's kind of similar to grief where you're grieving the loss of your old marriage or your and your or your old reality and and your old form of trust and accepting and and living into a new marriage now that new marriage has the potential to be even better uh than the one before that's a great statement and i and, and and that's the vision um because and here let me tell you why um if you if affairs involve creativity passion love excitement uh mystery uh validation you know we we are so good at giving validation and receiving it in that space in an affair um but it's so it's you know it's it's it doesn't have a lot of virtue because it's it under the umbrella of deceit Right. So if you can bring that energy into your marriage, you know, you know, you have that potential. Right. And if both spouses can bring that or choose to work into bring that energy to the marriage, then that's the kind of marriage that uh, both people want. Um, not everyone will, but I think that, that that's who I'm speaking to. That's what right. both people want. The first phase, uh, that acute phase, it lasts, you know, a matter of weeks or months. Uh, when I am working with someone and a spouse is just stuck in the in the pain of it, in the hurt, obsessing it, obsessing over the affair, uh, like that becomes the whole story is that they were cheated on and their marriage is a lie. That's not sustainable. Um, and it, again, it's just too black and white perpetrator victim. You know, he's an asshole and I'm a victim. Um, or we could switch the genders, but often it's you know that's the gender right. way would it, that it goes. Um, so, but that the 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 transformative stage that's what lasts two to five years, where you're you know like you're still actively working on creating and living into a new marriage that is not the same one as before because you can't go back after an affair. And I don't know if I said this in a previous podcast, but um, Esther Perel is a a marriage therapist that I really look up to and talks a lot about affairs. And she said every 
marriage, modern marriage that lasts, or she said every, every human has at least two or three marriages over his or her lifetime. Uh, that can be with two or three people, or it can be with the same person. We just can't, ah. we just can't stay the same as we were in our twenties and thirties. Well, and it's interesting because I was thinking about, you know, friends and family that I know. And sometimes if there's been infidelity and they pre kind of like say they're over, they've overcome it, but they really haven't gotten help. Um, so they're going along in their marriage, but there's still such an unhealed. Yeah. So when I'm looking at that, mm -hmm. if they, that's you know fine, that's working, but if they jumped in, and did the work, mm -hmm. it'd probably be two to five years longer to heal yeah. it. Yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. Cause you have to face some hard stuff. Like it, there's, I would say, three different outcomes after, well, if you stay together, there's three okay. outcomes uh, after an affair. Uh, the first one is the endless perpetrator victim model. You know, he's never going to be off the hook, always going to be yeah. in the doghouse. I can never trust him again. Yeah. To me, that would be a miserable way to stay together for both people. Yep. yep. Um, and uh, and and it wouldn't be just the you know hurt partner's fault. The affair, the person who or did the affair may be stuck in a was you know the, the marriage was bad, so I deserve to do what I did. Right. Um, I mean, that's a that's a pretty unhealthy, stuck black and white frame right. too. So the middle road. Um, is kind of where you just you just pull up your bootstraps, you know, decide that it's better to stay together because there is love, there is warmth, you know, the, there was accountability, um, and you build back trust, and you stay, you know, the kids, you don't want them to be hurt. Yeah. But there's not real change, you know, it kind of is still the the kind of marriage that is it's loyal and it can be warm, but it's sort of dull and domestic and predictable and the sex isn't great. Um, and then the third. Would be the, intimate. Yeah. Um, how would you be really intimate? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there may be intimacy, but it's not full intimacy. It's not fierce intimacy where you're looking at each other face to face again in the, in the way that that kind of an affair feels like. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. I, and I have another question that popped into my head, and I think you probably had it written down too. Um, are there good marriages where an affair happens? <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, sadly, uh, there are. Uh, it's, pro in my experience, not too common. I don't see that very much. Usually there's some underlying stuff. Uh, but no, I mean, we humans are narcissistic <laughs> or can be and uh, want what we want and talk ourselves into having a little cake and eating it too. Uh, and, right. and so often, I think when that's the case, the, 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 the person who cheated is, is dealing with some, some narcissism and entitlement and uh, can be a super nice, warm, loving, loyal person in the living room, but, you know, then goes out the back door and has a little fun on the side. Right. And that is, 
you know, I think still like there's some there's some honesty and 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 fierce intimacy and missing from that marriage, but I wouldn't call it a bad marriage. Okay. You know what All I right. mean? Well, okay. So then I think you talked about this a little bit, but one of the questions that you had written down is, um, was it ever the person's fault who was cheated on? Yeah. No. And you said that no one deserves that. Yeah. No, no. It's never your fault uh, in any way that your spouse uh, cheated. Um, it's your fault that the marriage wasn't as, or partly your fault that the marriage was lacking in certain ways, but it's not. Like, that doesn't mean that you deserve what happened. There's much right. better ways to fix those problems than to have an affair. Right, that, exactly. Yeah, that's not a respectable redeemable way to do it so it's not the cheated partner's fault ever no no, no. okay that's good because i think people people carry that um and i think you you kind of, you answered this one already on how do i know if i should stay and work on it after an affair and i think we talked about how both people have to be in there yeah. has to be accountability. You have to. So those are kind of that answers that, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And some people will choose to stay even if the, you know, the, there's not a lot of the things they're looking for. It's just a, it's kind of a ratio of is there enough good here to make putting up with the bad worth it? Right. It's, you know, it's the same question anyone in a rough marriage, hard marriage would be asking. Right. Them. Right. Okay. Now your next question is jumping out at me because you know how much I love kids and keeping them. Yeah. How does an affair affect your children? Uh, if, well, if they know about it uh, a lot, it, right. it's hugely been traumatic for them as well. And I really try to encourage people not to tell the kids, uh, but that's hard. You know, the, the, hurt spouse uh, will often spill the beans and then it does it, it is quite I don't I wouldn't say necessarily damaging although that could be but certainly traumatic painful stressful um, and could become damaging if not addressed uh, but even if they're not told you know there's they're gonna pick up on the tension right. in the marriage because there is going to be a lot of tension yeah if 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 they don't if the affair is still secret and nobody knows about it. Well, then I don't know. It might not affect them. That's more of a, right. does a bad marriage affect children. Exactly. Exactly. So mm -hmm. probably if they know or found out, maybe want to talk to someone like you, you yeah. know, yeah. I might be I, you know, not to, to toot my own horn here. I mean, there's really good resources out there. I can mention a few books. Um, but I think this is such a hard and thing and, and, but the potential is so good if you want it, that working with a good therapist, um, that's comfortable working with affairs is a really good idea worth the investment. Yeah. Worth the time. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, this time has gone so fast, Brian, I can't even believe it. Um, I do, I do want to hear the books that you recommend, Okay. but I just want to leave um, listeners, if there's um, a listener who's been involved and whose spouse um, has had an affair, 
how can they start to heal? I mean, you talk about, I mean, and I know like you have to sit with your feelings, even if they're horrible, they're not going to kill you. But what can you give any advice? And I know one of them is to get a therapist, surround yourself with people who love you, but, but what else can they, is there anything that you could leave them with after listening to this? Yes. Um, my standard answer to that is you need uh, two people, um, not a lot, like one would be okay, three would be okay, but two people who you can trust and tell about this. They need to be people that aren't going to fan the flames. They're not going to um, uh, tell anyone else you can trust them, and they're just going to be there to listen and uh, be your confidants. Um, if you're having trouble sleeping and eating, then see your doctor and get some medication so that yeah, you can sleep. Yeah, that'll pull you through. Yeah, like um, that's so yeah. reasonable. You need sleep and you need to be able to eat. Yeah. Uh, in order to sit in those feelings and move move through them. And uh, something. Think, jumped, oh, sorry. I just want yeah, to say one yeah. thing jumped out at. I'm we're having streaming issues. I think. I think I'm talking over you a little. Sorry about that. Um, And now I lost my thought. I lost my thought on it. So you go ahead and say what you were going to say. And I, oh, I know what I was going to say. You said have one to three people that you can talk to about it. I was just Mm going to add, not your kids, not even if they're adults. (laughs) Don't not, even if it's your best friend, no. Yeah, they can't be your kids. um, (laughs) And and they probably shouldn't be your spouse's mom. Um, Although that's, possible in the right circumstance but no yeah. a friend or a sibling uh is who i'm talking about all right and so the and- books the books uh that are really good uh state of affairs is uh written by Esther perel p-e-r-e-l um that's fantastic uh Terry Real has written a couple books. Um, I can't remember the title. I should have can't remember the title that he okay. has his affair book, but his uh, the new rules of marriage is uh, kind of his classic marriage book. But but okay. author Terence Tara Terry or Terence Real R E A L is the author. I will I will put that information in the show notes and I will put your website there so that if people want to work with you and I know you can do this virtually now, correct? It doesn't have to be someone who's in Minnesota or Wisconsin. Um, Yes. I can work with anybody anywhere uh, via, via the web. All right. Brian, thank you so much. I honestly, from the bottom of my heart, this information is hard, but it's going to help so many people who are going through this. So I just appreciate your adding value to the world by sharing this. Well, thank you. And likewise, you're um, doing good work. Thank you. Thanks so much for being here. I'm sure I'll have you back. Okay. <laughs> All Look right. forward to take, it. take care, Brian. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Doing Divorce Different. 
We come around every week, so please hit subscribe so that you can join us each week to delve into all the topics surrounding divorce and children and doing divorce a different way. Go to lisakoski.com to connect with me. Thank you.